welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Welcome to Spirit Connection. It's Doug Addison, and I'm so glad that you've joined us this week. And I have another exciting episode for you. You're going to be so encouraged. Now, many of you know that I'm located in Hollywood, and I have opportunity to minister here to influence the arts and entertainment industries, the music and media industries. I've been prophesying and ministering inside, and I've been releasing prophetic words also about how God is moving through music and media. And we are in a time right now when don't be discouraged by the look of things. Things might look dark, but the darkness out there is just going to be the backdrop for what God's doing right now. There's a new anointing that's coming from heaven on movies and music. And it's going to open the Father's heart and release the Holy Spirit right into theaters. Now, I've actually seen this start to happen. And this week, we have a special guest with us, Brad Cummings of The Shack, the book and the movie. Now, Brad's one of the co-authors and collaborators of The Shack. It was turned down, I was shocked to hear this, by 26 different publishers. And it ended up becoming published out of his garage. And he founded Wimbone uh, Media with Wayne Jacobson. And he serves in Hollywood. He, I'm, I'm just telling you, Brad's Hollywood credentials are amazing. But I just want to say this. I'm not trying to blow his horn here. I'm just saying I've met him a few times and we've talked. And I just want you to know that this is a man of God. He is the real deal. And though we've only met briefly, I was at the pre-screening of the Shack movie in Hollywood. I felt the Lord is putting us together for a reason. And it hasn't been revealed yet. But anyway, welcome, Brad. Thank you, Doug. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, This is my 50th year, which is kind of fun that the movie finally comes out. I'm a, a creative guy. I, I have former pastor some 20 years, um, planted a church in Malibu, Malibu Vineyard, and just found myself into a wonderful space of going, you know, I think God wants to communicate far and wide, but stories are some of the most powerful ways he can get to people's heart. And you know, The Shack was one of those uh, unexpected bestsellers. You know, it sold 22 million copies. It's gone into 40 different languages around the world. And um, the movie is just kind of poised to broaden from North America to the rest of the world as it starts to get launched globally. So um, I'm kind of excited to see this as a new chapter in my life, just kind of an extension of telling stories about Jesus. Yeah, and how significant that it's a jubilee year for you and this gets released. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you couldn't plan these things. I mean, it took seven years to get the movie made, and uh, I think we were pushing the entire time to try to, you know, kind of release it, and it just seems as if, you know, God has his wonderful little timing, and um, yeah, it's just a pretty sweet year for me. Yeah, for sure. Now, now, did you, uh, did you also uh, help with writing the book? Yeah, I was one of. There were three of us that wrote the book: Paul Young, Wayne Jacobson, and myself. Um, Paul originally brought uh, the original manuscript to Wayne, and he kind of had no plans and didn't know what to do with it, just sharing it as a gift. And Wayne was really taken by it, and um, he shared it with me. And instantly, I just saw a movie. Um, it was wrestling with some wonderful questions that 
I think, you know, virtually everyone on the planet deals with, you know, where, where is God in the midst of a world so filled with pain? And, you know, we, we wondered what Paul wanted to do with it. He really didn't have any designs. He had given it as a gift to his kids. And there was some stuff in it that, you know, theologically we had issues with. And he seemed amenable for us to be able to change all that. And so for 16 months, we went through four major rewrites, and that had to be one of the most amazing creative experiences in, in my life to date. Um, I think because we didn't have an agenda of what we were trying to do, it was just sort of three guys really kind of, you know, in a creative space where God was kind of just wrestling with us as far as, you know, what is, how do we translate this into a way that makes sense to where people hurt? And um, when we got turned down by 26 different publishers, it was actually a thrill for me because I kind of figured none of them knew what to do with it. They all thought it was a great story. They just, they didn't know how to market it. And I sort of felt like I don't want to throw it through the traditional marketing schemes. It's like it was too Jesus-y for the secular publishers and it was too edgy for the Christian ones. And I thought, you know what? I think it's just asking a bunch of questions that a lot of people are wrestling with. And it does so in a really endearing, winsome way. Yeah, it is so powerful. Now, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't read the book, you could also see the movie. Have you ever heard that? You know, you're at the movie and and, and they say, oh, the book was so much better. Have you heard that? Perhaps? Oh, yeah, that, 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 that's the constant mantra for a lot of people. If they, if they really love a book, it's like they're very reticent to go see the movie. Um, in this case, we've been getting a ton of people that have said the movie's better than the book. And because I was an intimate part of both, it's not offensive to me. I'm going like, whichever one people connect with, I think what was so exciting to me is this movie was actually made within the Hollywood studio system. And for it to come out as faithful as it did, as God honoring with, um, I think, such a clear presentation of God's heart and the gospel and the message of the cross in it, um, yeah. it it honestly is one of those miracles going like, how did this get through the regular, you know, strongholds and gates that just, they don't want to tell those kind of stories. Right, and, exactly. Yeah. And, well, I and, know that I was at the pre-screening in Hollywood, and you were there and some others, and, and my wife, uh, she read the book, and I had, my wife said, wow, the movie is better than the book. Oh, wow. Yeah, it yeah. was well, it was, it was amazing. It, it took us 16 months um, to go through four major rewrites to do the book. It took us almost five years to distill um, the book down to a workable script. I mean, it's like, you know, we had already pared it down in the book, and it was an excruciating process in writing the script. We, you know, we worked with like three or four different groups of writers, and, you know, most of whom were not believers, which was you know, at first I was a little hesitant to go like, gosh, you know, everyone's going to ruin it. And I think what was so fantastic is iron sharpens iron. Um, we had to distill each and every scene down to its very essence and go, what is it in its simplicity trying to say? And, you know, I don't know how much writing you do, but that's tough. I mean, that's probably one of the hardest things about writing is to take a, a a big message and to bring it down to as few words as possible that are potent and still deliver in terms of the meaning. And, and because the words had to make sense to me from a theological standpoint, and it also had to make sense to them from just a creative dramatic standpoint, um, 
it was a back and forth battle to find just the right words that worked for everyone. And I think that's, that's what I think is the biggest gift right now is regardless of where someone's coming from, whether they know Jesus, where they have a lot of Christian understanding under their belt or not, this story readily communicates wherever people are at, and it really unveils the heart of God. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm thrilled with with how it came out. Yeah, me too. I tell you, it's the things I've been prophesying and seeing that was going to come in Hollywood. And like you said, the the fact that this came through Hollywood with the level of the actors that were, were chosen in the production, I mean, just everything was done at such an excellent level. And the presence of God came into the theater. I like never, like I've never seen anything like it before. Well, it, it, it's been amazing. I mean, some of the I, I get flooded with a bunch of emails where people are just telling stories of what's happening in the theater. Where it's just, I mean, it's leaving audiences wrecked in tears. It's like, it's not a sad movie. I mean, it, it it actually is is very hilariously funny in a number of places. But it leaves people really tenderized. It's as if, you know, pain that's been stuffed for a long, long time through the course of the the movie, just the story, it's as if God is doing some wonderful heart surgery on people because they can just kind of relate to the drama of what's going on. And then they see a God who meets them in the midst of their difficulty as opposed to a God they have to perform to be approved of. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's causing, you know, a fair amount of stir within some of the, the theological circles where, you know, people are struggling with stuff. But I, I've talked to a bunch of the critics and just kind of went, you know what, if you can take it in context, we're not trying to give a systematic theology. We're, we're trying to unveil God's heart. And it's the beginning of a conversation. It isn't the fullness of one. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. And, you know, some of our listeners might not even know, you know, what we're talking about, but you could Google it in the shack, I'm sure. You're probably oh, living under living <laughs> under a rock. If you have a ton of um, back and forth. I think what's so amazing to me is, you know, regardless of where people are coming from, what's kind of cool right now is there's an awful lot of people who are talking about just who is God really. And if it drives people into their Bibles, and it and it causes them to kind of search things out and have conversations, whether they love us or hate us. Part of me is going like, it's great that people are talking about Jesus. That's exactly right. Any press, good or bad, about Jesus is good. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not I'm not thrilled with our critics. I, I I kind of get bummed out when it's kind of like you know lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, they they kind of you know get people all scared and and it's going like. You know what? I, I don't think there's anything that's going to harm anyone in this movie. Um, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, I got an MDiv. I was one of Fuller's top seven outstanding students, so I'm no slouch when it comes to theology. And I just kind of laugh a little bit when they go, you know, guys, I don't know that any of us, even out through all of history, can really wrap our PB human brains around the fullness of the Trinity. And What's so amazing is, you know, while that's three quarters of our key cast, the story of the shack is not about the Trinity. It's not a theological treatise. I think what's so wonderful is it's one of the first times you get a chance to take a look at God in his personality, in the fullness of a loving community, 
of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and we get a glimpse of what it's like to just the delight, the joy, the, the deep sharing of love. That's what we as human beings are being invited into and, and, and having a relationship. I think because most people, God is simply a big voiceover. You know, they, they don't have a chance to see him in a relational context. And I think that's, that's what this story does, especially in film, is, you know, people get to see God with some skin on. And I know we're taking some theological license when we do that with the Father and we do that with the Holy Spirit, but I don't know how else to have a character uh, that you can see. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you know, why is it you think that people in the faith community can accept The Hobbit or Chronicles of Narnia, but yet they might be having trouble with this? Well, I think because those are a little bit more fantasy. This is this is a much more closer parallel. And I think, um, you know, unashamedly, we are, you know, we, we are busting stereotypes. You know, plot spoiler, for God to show up as Papa, Father God, Papa as a big black woman, um, that most people don't see coming. You know, I really don't think people are having any racial issues with that. Um, I think it's just they have a hard time understanding that. And we also show God later, um, you know, the, you know, the father as as a male papa. And so there's there's no, you know, there's no gender statement being made here. And I, I end up going like, I don't I really don't know why people struggle so much, because it's like half the population of the planet is women. And it's like somehow are they any less the image of God than you and I as guys? Right. And I don't think so. And, you know, it's like if there was some feminist agenda behind this, sure, take issue with that. But there's nothing of the sort in the story. This is God showing up in a way that the main character, Mac, he had such an abusive father that um, he his his whole image of father was distorted and broken. And I think what it's showing and it's like what we're trying to say is. You know, God has such a passion to communicate to you and I, he will speak in whatever way he needs to, so as to get through to us. You know, as as someone who, you know, as both of us unashamedly love hearing the voice of God, my confidence is not in my hearing. My confidence is in his capacity to speak. And I absolutely love the fact that God goes to whatever pains and difficulties to find an entry point into a broken man's heart. And I think so many of us, you know, just you look at the the highway, it's littered with with hearts that just have such a damaged understanding of God as Father, because a lot of their earthly fathers really aren't a great representation of that. And, you know, I think part of what, what drew me to this story was that's a real wound in our culture that needs to be healed. And if we can tell a, a God-breathed story that, that speaks into that space and just begins to heal some of the wounds there, that's a huge deal. I mean, um, what was fun early on when the film was you know finished and we're showing it to a lot of the Hollywood execs, there's not a dry eye in the room there. And they're being deeply impacted by this. And most of them are trying not to cry. You know, they're, they're not giving themselves permission. They're fighting it back. And I'm just going like, wow, Hollywood, as a land of broken dreams, one of the things I've been most aware is most of the people in this industry are just carrying 
deep wounds of betrayal and hurt because this is a really tough arena in which to sort of earn your living. And I think one of the nice things about this story is this really is a healing gift to this community. You know, we we could have made this independently, but I really felt God pushing me the entire time that it was important that this be done within the Hollywood structure. And, you know, as dangerous that is as far as how to, how to shepherd and steward the, the message, um, it really felt like this was important to be done within the structure because I, I felt like God has said to me, Hollywood is the woman at the well. You know, she, she knows she's sinful. That's not her issue. What she doesn't know is that God just is incredibly in love with her. Wow. And I think this story, you know, in the course of seven years laboring um, within, you know, the traditional Hollywood fair, that's the thing that has left a wonderful imprint on so many hearts is they do recognize, they don't understand a lot about the church, that, you know, all the fighting about the movie, they stand back and they just go like, we don't get you guys. Because they sort of look at this movie going like, what's to argue with? They're kind of looking at me like, I hope this is true. <laughs> and I just nod going like, it is. Wow. So, yeah, wow. That you know, is... I'm, I'm hoping it can have, you know, more than just what it does in the box office. I'm hoping it's going to demonstrate that um, spiritual stories are not just for that niche corner market of preaching to the choir that our culture is spiritually hungry. And unfortunately, they've been spiritually starved. And I think what this can demonstrate is that, you know, they want to see box office success because that's the currency of what they understand a a movie being successful. I think being able to make this for what we did and to turn, you know, the corner today of 50 million, you know, it's profitable and it's only just getting started internationally. Um, And so I think it has a wonderful opportunity to open the door for a lot more films to be made that are not just Bible stories. You know, but they're deeply spiritual stories that work within the context of everyday culture. Yeah. Now, would you say that you could compare this as a parable? I think it, I think it really is. I mean, it, it's a fictional story. And so in, in, in this all does happen in the context of Mac, you know, being in a coma. We, we, we purposely um, left that as a gift to the audience so that they could go, did this happen? Did this not happen? And it really wasn't sort of forcing its issue on anybody. And so, you know, some people say, oh, well, they're cheating. I'm like, no, it's it's actually done as an intentional gift because I don't think anyone likes to have ideas forced upon them. I think the most effective way is when something's offered and there's no sales pitch. And there is no sales pitch in this movie. And that's that's by complete design Um, because I think there's enough there that, you're going to be tractor beamed to the heart of God just sitting there watching this. Nobody has to play just as I am and give the altar call. It's like, you know, if you're already weeping, chances are an introduction and a beginning is being made. And then I really trust that the Holy Spirit is going to, you know, sit and continue this conversation with just about everybody, that whether they've read the book or whether they see the movie. This is a conversation starter between us and God. Wow, that is a really good way to put it. And uh, have you been hearing any stories back as far as, you know, like you just mentioned just now about, you know, how it impacted Hollywood uh, itself? Yeah, I mean, 
I think one of the coolest things at the very um, screening you were at, one of the marketing ladies came up to me at, at the end of it. And she, she had waited to, you know, just until just about everyone had left. And she looked at me, she had tears in her eyes. And she said, you know, I've seen the movie six times now. And I come from a godless background. I, I don't, she says, I have no framework to understand who God is at all. And she says, I know him. This movie has introduced me to him. And she's just weeping. You know, I'm starting to weep listening to her share it with this. And she says, you know, I've, I've, I've picked up the Bible and I'm talking to God and, and he's talking back. And, you know, in the, in the childlike simplicity of just going, here's someone who has no religious upbringing whatsoever, has no grid through which to receive this and just sees the heart of God, that is what brought her to the Lord. And I'm going like, okay, nobody gave her an altar call. Nobody went and told her, you got to go get a Bible. That just was stuff that happened between her and facilitating six different screenings. Another lady that Wayne was doing an interview with, he's he's mother partner in this, and um, the interviewer was kind of real critical to stuff, but then she went and, and saw the movie. And was so taken by it, she went back to the next showing and brought a friend who she knew was struggling. And by the end of the movie, this, this other friend was so deeply touched by it, she had a chance to lead that person to the Lord right there in the theater at the close as the credits are rolling. And, and I look at that and I'm going like, okay, this is not just some hard sell evangelist person. This is just a friend who knew Something in this story would deeply touch the heart of my friend that's hurting. And it was so tenderizing um, to this person that, you know, she was able to gently just kind of fill in the the final handshake of, you know, do you want Jesus in your life? And and the answer for this person was absolutely. And it, it really changed her whole mindset going like, if there was something so desperately wrong with this movie, how come it's so easy to then lead someone to the Lord by simply letting them see that. And, you know, I, I look at that and you're like, if you're supposed to judge a tree by its fruit, I look at that and go like, that's awesome fruit. There's not many movies I could confidently suggest people go to where that's even remotely a likely outcome. That's exactly right. And especially one done so well and with the with actors, you know, and, well, you know, I've been walking with the Lord for more than half my life and, and had a good share of inner healing and personal healing and, to be able to do what I do. But I just, you know, I just want to say that I had an encounter with the Lord in the theater and and it it actually started something. I was so surprised that's opened up the physical healing that I'm getting right now, because sometimes a broken heart, you know, a broken heart can actually crush our spirit. It can dry our bones, according to Proverbs. And so getting healed of those memories and those emotions, I actually had some trapped things I didn't remember, you know, some things I had, you know, some bad things in my past and not say anything bad about my parents or anything like that. But, you know, when during that time, something opened up for me and now it is really opened up my, my physical healing. That, that's awesome. I mean, most of us, we're simply taught to stuff our pain. If you don't know what to do with it, or you don't have someone who's immediately transacting it with you. I mean, think of how many people get hurt by other people where the, the person doing the wounding isn't even necessarily aware of what they've done. 
You know, so so they're not coming back and saying, "Oh, gee, I'm so sorry." It's more like, you know, I'll, I'll, it doesn't take much for people to get wounded in life, and when when God is simply a voiceover, or He's a doctrine, or He's locked up in a book, and He's not really a person through whom I I can talk and walk and relate with. For a lot of us, it's really hard to transact any of that stuff. You know, we believe in forgiveness, but when when I think what the other person did is completely wrong, h- how am I supposed to just forgive them? You know, we, we tend to think that, that that's letting them off the hook, and it's almost all of this is because deep down, we're still wrestling with the fact that does God really love me? Is he really aware of my circumstance and situation? And what so much of this movie and the story that's in the shack is built on, it's it's a picture of how God wins a person to a place of trust. And I think religion teaches us that we're supposed to, you know, trust God. And it's like just a choice I can make, like it's a, a, a light switch I can flick. And I know my will's involved, but unless you're confident that the person you're trusting absolutely loves you, it, emotionally, it's impossible to trust them. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, if we're honest, we can say God loves us. But the truth is, is emotionally, I'm not so sure. When bad stuff happens in my life, I am left with the why in the world, if he loves me and he's so powerful, did he let that happen? That's not a little inconsequential issue. I think for a lot of people, they don't have any answers for that. And because of it, there really is a barrier and a wall between them and the Lord. And and God's not a rapist, so he's not going to bang that thing down. He's looking for an entry point. And what this story does that I think is so gentle and so powerful is it really is a gift where it's not full on in your face. I get to see this being worked out in some other guy's life. And if I'm ready for it, I can kind of join in. If it's too close to home, there's nothing in this story that's forcing me to do anything. And that's why I think it's such a gentle gift, because I get to see the heart of a broken person being won to a place of trust. And I don't know about you, but that's not how trust was taught, you know, I taught to me. Exactly. You know, it's like, is, is God's character so profound and so righteous, holy and true that, of course, we should be able to trust him? Yes, and I, and I know that in my mind, and I can see that in the scriptures, but truth that's active in my heart, that's a different thing. And, you know, I'd love, I'd love for all of those to be all together, um, you know, at, at all times completely working. But the truth is, is a lot of times the truth that's in my head isn't reflected in my heart. I'm still struggling there. I'm hurt there. I'm blocked there. And this movie kind of moves that down 18 inches, and it takes the stuff that we, we kind of know or we would say is true, and it really helps it kind of midwife into a heart reality. And that's what, to me, is kind of goofy with our critics is if somehow, you know, oh, that's the deceptive thing. This plays on your emotions. I'm going like, you know what? God's the author of my emotions. <laughs> I think he wants me to know and feel his love. You know, it's like if, if my wife never felt my love and affection for her, I don't think our marriage would be very good. Right. You know, it's kind of like it, it's it's not a 
either or. It's an absolute both and. And and I, I think, you know, what I do enjoy seeing as the biggest fruit in people's lives is this movie, you know, regardless of where you come from, communicates that there is a God in heaven who actually is especially fond of you. And that phrase is is a pretty powerful phrase because it's not one that we're prepared to just sort of shields up and reject. You know, it's like if we say God loves you, it's like a lot of people, yeah, yeah, of course. But if he actually is especially fond of me, he has emotions towards me. Um, That's sadly a new thing for a lot of people. Yeah, that really is. I think that's what takes the God of the Bible or the God of, you know, out of paintings that we've seen, you know, even in chapels and the God that's, you know, in our head or whatever, which can be warped and then brings it down into the media of what we have today. The modern day parable, such a powerful picture of God loving us and caring for us and answering those hard questions. How could God be in the midst of disaster? How could he be a God of love in the midst of of our pain and suffering. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't know about you, but I know for me, when difficult things happen, most of the time I can survive whatever it is that's happening. I think the, the, the more difficult aspect is when you end up feeling so isolated and alone, and it's that sense of abandonment. It's like that's almost worse because it's like I can deal with pain. I can deal with adverse circumstances, but when you start to strike at the core of my confidence and in in, in Emmanuel, the God who's supposed to be with me, and all of a sudden he feels completely absent from me, that's tough. And I don't think a lot of people are emotionally or spiritually prepared, even if they have all the verses that they they can confess. The reality is, is we still feel abandoned because I think most of our simplistic theology is if I do good blessings, if I do bad, you know, then, then I, you know, I get, I have to deal with the, the punishments and the pain of disobedience. And we don't really have an integrated theology that says in a planet that God allows free will, people can make wrong choices that affect me too. Yeah. And that's not God doing it to me. You know, God is not micromanaging the decisions of everyone on the planet. And neither is he controlling them all. I mean, theologically, I can confess, sure, he could, but it doesn't seem to me that he actually is, or we make him out to be the author of sin, and he's certainly not that. That's exactly right. You know, and so when you look at that, it's like, I don't think people are wanting an, an ontological argument of philosophy. I think they're just wanting to go like, I don't get it when that bad thing happened, and it's like, well... What's so amazing is the God who could control everything has invested such an incredible gift of himself, his image of who I am, that he actually allows me to be a decision maker on the affairs of planet Earth. Now, I don't know about you, but that does blow my mind. I can actually affect what happens on the Earth. I, I, I can actually affect things that happen in eternity because of what I choose to do, either aligning in agreement with him or sadly in rebellion to him. Right. And, and there are consequences to all those things. And it isn't just me. It's like I can affect other people's lives. And I want to do it for good, but oh my gosh, 
I've been impacted by people's bad choices and it's been really painful. And, and it's like, we end up blaming God for those. And it's like, I don't think that's the appropriate place to put our blame. Right. Exactly. You know, I, I think the movie is just the timing of the movie is perfect. Now, was there any anything with the choosing of the of the release of it? Well, I mean, no, not exactly. I mean, it, it's a little bit of an uh, an art more than it is a science. We found an opening weekend that at the time none of the other big blockbuster behemoths had had taken. <laughs> so we thought we were getting a nice little piece of real estate where we could you know, ha- have our time in the sun. Um, initially, it was going to happen in no- November, but we got bumped out of that spot, which, you know, I think a number of people were like bummed. And I'm kind of like, no, there's so many monster movies happening there. We'd probably get dwarfed right away. Right. Also, the elections, you don't want to be in the negative, yeah, all I mean, that you, stuff. You couldn't even buy advertising because it was already sold. Um, and I do think that there's something very healing about this, that when they moved our date to March, I sat there going, like, regardless of what happens in the election, this has a chance to be a healing balm to our culture. You know, it's like it, it really it does demonstrate that um, everybody out there is in need of knowing that they're loved. Everyone out there could use a little bit of kindness. And virtually all of us might find a, a freer space in our life if we learned how to forgive. Exactly. And, and when I look at what this movie does, it really kind of invites people into that space. And it, and it, and it helps them heart-wise, not just, you know, head-wise, get there with a the sense of going like, okay, wow, I need to know that I'm forgiven. And the way the God of justice works is you can't have that for yourself and withhold it from somebody else. You know, I mean, that, that, that's probably as a pastor for, for 20 some years, I think the biggest cause of most ailments and sickness in people's lives is they're just clogged up in unforgiveness. Yeah, exactly. You know, it becomes a feeding ground for the enemy and you're just going like, okay, most of us didn't grow up in homes that necessarily taught us how to transact that easily. Right. And, you know, I think that's one of life's most essential skills. So yeah. I do. I, I think the timing is. I think you know God breathed. I, I don't know that it's any um, humans' brilliance. <laughs> yeah, God knew what He's doing, and I'm just thrilled. And we've been talking with uh, with Brad Cummings. He's a co-author, and co-producer of The Shack, the movie and the book. Also, founder of Windblown Media. Now, are you working on anything else right now? Oh gosh, I, I I've got them like uh, planes trying to land at LAX. There's there's three or four different um, screenplays that we're working on. Um, I got three or four different books that a couple I'm writing, a couple I'm co-authoring with some other friends. So, yeah, the um, I've got a project-rich environment, and I'm trusting that God knows how to give me the grace and the wisdom to to get them all done. Yeah. Well, you know, what I was really looking for, you really nailed it here for our listeners, is for those who uh, have seen the movie— to really hear your heart, those who haven't seen the movie to know you know and hear your heart yeah. from from both the you know experientially theologically to know that what you're saying right now I mean it just came so strong the presence of the Holy Spirit came so strong 
what your intention was. And I just want to encourage people, go out and see the movie, take some friends, see the movie, you know, pick up the book again. I, I'm so excited for what's coming right now. And also, please be in prayer for Brad and his team and, and more movies like this to come out of Hollywood. And uh, Brad, I just want to say thank you. And I want to give you just a, a moment to to pray and release this uh, over over our listeners. Oh, yeah, certainly. Father, I ask, there, there, there's a ton of storytellers out there. There's people that are moved deeply because of the creative gifts that you've placed within them. Father, if they've been drawn to Doug, I'm sure that they've been drawn to a lot of the things you've been saying in and through him. And Lord, I just want to, I want to speak your blessing on what you've creatively invested in people. Would you bring their gifts forth, God? Um, we need an army of filmmakers. We need an army of creatives. I know the future is going to be won by the storytellers. So, Lord, I ask that you would release heaven-breathed stories in people's heart, creative, unique stuff. Enough of the sequels, Lord. We, we, we want some fresh bread. And, 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 Lord, I ask that you would really nurture people's hearts to understand just the, the space they're in, what it is you've entrusted to them. Would you cause their their skill to be honed so that they are excellent at what they do, God, that, that there's, there's no shortcuts that we're trying to take, but God, we're, we're doing, we're doing life as an act of worship to you. And, and Lord, I ask that you would, you just release a, a greater grace upon the gospel um, to be told in, in winsome stories in parables in allegories, Lord, that can connect with people um, give us the language that gets beyond Christianese and is a language of the heart that um, can connect like a, like a tractor beam to the hurting, Lord, in this world. Would you draw people to yourself? The promise that I think is in Scripture that you, you also gave to me is, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. Lord, give us the grace to lift you up in this generation in such a way that people see and are drawn to you. Um, let us not be chasing fame and fortune, Lord. Let us be chasing you and let people be drawn to you and let them be changed. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brad, thank, thank you, you so much. And thanks for joining us. And also, thanks for your time. And you can check out my website, dougaddison.com. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Brad, is there any website you'd like to refer to? Yeah, um, if people are interested in, in just discussing what's going on with The Shack, there's a great website, theshackbook.com. It's got a very active forum. Um, they can follow me on Facebook. I've been having a, a blast just telling stories um, as we've been going along. They can check out windblownmedia.com. They're interested in any of the other resources. But this is just the first of many to come. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much what you do for the kingdom. Thanks so much for being part of it. Thanks, See you Doug. next time. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at dougaddison.com.